What's up, everyone? And welcome to episode 262 of Two Amazon Sellers in a Microphone, brought to you by Solozo. And today, we've got, we've got the man with us right now. We're super VIP. VIP treatment. VIP. We love this guy. Uh, he's been on before and we're super excited. It's the it's the middle of Q4 right now. And it's we're going to be talking about dominating Q4 with your Amazon PPC. And there's just no better person to talk about this with than Mina Elias. What's up, Mina? How are you? Guys, I'm super excited to be back. Good to see you again. Uh, even if it's just virtually. I know we, we saw each other in what, September uh, at Selling yeah. Scale. So it's it's great to be back on the show. I'm excited to share some cool stuff. Oh well, we're excited. We always love learning and hearing more cool stuff. And uh, you're you're knee deep in everything, man. Uh, and and you know we don't need to go through your your whole background uh, again. We've had you on before. People can look at the the previous episodes. But uh, you know we were chatting before. I mean, I, I'm so impressed with your journey. We've obviously known you and been following you. And you know you you've gone from from creating a, an amazing supplement brand, uh, launching it on on Amazon. I know you did some stuff pr prior to being on Amazon with it, but then uh, you know now you're a, a, a huge thought leader in the space. You're speaking at uh, events everywhere. Uh, your content's amazing, and you uh, own an agency where you're helping brands scale. And some of your stories are are amazing through that. So I mean, I, I want before we dive into the advertising part, I just want to know how do you do that? How do you do everything that you're doing and keep up the energy that you have? It's amazing. Uh, so, you know, I, th I think, um, I think most people could do it, uh, if they didn't, if they don't burn out. And I think I was just very lucky that I trained MMA for so long and I understood, you know, three hours a day of training two workouts a day for six days a week. And then knowing when, that perfect time where it's like, okay, I've burnt out once from MMA, burnt out a second time from MMA, not burnt out and like take time off, but burnt out. I, I could never take time off because I lived with MMA fighters. And so, um, you know, even more than like three or four days, they're like, dude, like, come on. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to, they're like, you know, get your, uh, you know, get your butt to the gym. So, um, you know, I've been lucky to experience that and then really be in tune with, with myself and my body and, and, uh, you know, my mental state. Um, but also, you know, I think MMA like adds a lot of characteristics, like being calm under pressure, um, you know, never quitting those kinds of like, uh, deep values that I have. And a combination of that, uh, has helped me like continue to push the pace uh, day in, day out for me. I mean, uh, as long as I'm grateful, right. And I know that if I lose everything, I'm happy. Like life will be good still. Um, and, and I practice gratitude. So I'm detached from the outcome. Um, uh, but I just want to play the game and I want to play to win. And, and, um, so knowing myself and knowing when I can push and when I need to chill, understanding what are the things that, uh, rejuvenate me very well. Um, and I'm also like in, in really, really good physical shape, which I think helps. Like, <laughs> I'm sure like, uh, you know, if you're, if you're eating not clean and, um, you know, if, if you're not, uh, you know, a decent body fat percentage or whatever, you're not lifting every single day, you're not you know, training, doing things like that, you, you might get more tired, uh, faster than, than, you know, people who are in very good athletic abilities. And I'm like, you know, peak competitive shape. So, um, I think that also helps a lot is, is like, I, you know, most people are like long days at work and getting tired. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm blasting, uh, uh, energy, like, to like, from 6 a.m. to 5 p.m., no problem. Um, so I think it's a combination of those things. But also, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't do anything for for the money. Um, like I, I, I have talked to too many people who have said, I lost passion, I got burned out. Why? Well, because it was an opportunity and I was chasing it. And so I kind of like, okay, I, I learned from these people's mistakes. Um, when I look at like um, doing, sorry, when I look at doing the uh, brand MMA Nutrition, it was fun. It was amazing. I love supplements. Uh, Amazon was like the school, super, uh, you know, interesting thing for me. And then when I went into the agency, I realized I have a knack for it. And, and you know, I'm good at advertising. I was able to do it for, you know, myself. I, I understand things. Uh, you know, I have an engineering brain, which works well uh, for like paid search, you know, where it's like a lot of like data interpretation. And so I'm like, this is something that I enjoy. Uh, you know, it, it feels like a good game to play. I can be the best in the world at it and I can add a lot of value to people. And because I have like those three uh, things all together, 
it doesn't feel like every day is fighting a fire or every day is like a you know a struggle or or I'm doing something that you know I'm just doing it like if I was selling something other than supplements like baby products like I would be like you know if I got a message from a customer I would be like dude like I I would ra- like I just want to throw this brand away like and and I've been there before with like with the you know things with other things where it's like dude like I just can't like can't stand this anymore because it's not something that I was passionate about but be- because this is something that I do enjoy and it, it, like I think it's you know I've been able to just continue to push the pace you know and and leverage people and and everything and technology faster and you know I, I think that's I don't know I don't I don't know exactly why but I think that's like a huge part of it talk about your routine in the morning you know you I, I mean I've, I've known you for I don't know of you for years it feels like maybe more and you're never in a in a bad mood it feels like it always feels like you have the highest energy uh every time i see you at a conference you're you know what's up man smiling ear to ear like some people struggle with that like they can't get motivated in the morning they just don't have a good outlook on the life that they have like talk about your routine and like and i think you mentioned on the the way of working out uh just to kind of relate a little bit you know, years ago, I didn't like to go to the gym. I hated it. I didn't want to do it. I hated working out. But now I'm like addicted to it. And yeah. I have seen like a shift in like mind, my mindset. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Like it's a good time to like to clear your mind. So anybody who's thinking about working out, just go do it. You're gonna, It's going to suck for like the first couple of weeks, but then it gets better. But talk about your routine. What's your routine like? Routine. So I, I usually wake up like naturally like 5.15. Uh, that's how I woke up 5.15 a.m. today. Uh, it's nicer when the sun is up. Uh, but around 5:30, my thermostat switches from 66 degrees to 75 degrees, and so it gets from very cold to very warm in the house. It really helps me wake up. Um, we're we're also experimenting with like a this like sunlight uh, lamp, or which or whatever like a sunrise lamp, where it, it turns on like gradually over time. Um, so I wake up. I, I do uh, like my my hygiene routine, right? So. Um, you know, shave everything, make sure everything is sharp. By the way, I, I, I recently made a video about this is um, like, I think the way that you present yourself is super important. Um, and, and it like talks to who you are and how you do one thing is how you do everything, in my opinion. And so every morning I, I will line up my beard. I will shave like under, I'll make sure everything is perfect. I'll do a skincare routine, um, you know, dental hygiene, uh, brush, floss, all of that stuff. And then I usually spend around five minutes, five to 10 minutes max, uh, visualizing. So, um, I usually pick, uh, one thing and, and, and this is like, uh, stems from something that I do once uh, a year where I will, uh, write down like each category of my life and, uh, what I, in, in, in the next year, what I look like in that category. So whether it's business, w- what does that look like? You know, I, you know, I'm a, uh, like the business is doing $5 million in revenue and I have amazing people. And this is, the, and like, I basically kind of create like you know, the, the future before it happens for every category. So fitness, family, friends, all this stuff. And I'll usually like every maybe, you know, a couple of weeks focus on one thing and I'll create a mental image uh, with every detail, like inclu- including the feelings. And so I'll spend five minutes in the morning thinking about that, uh, like really visualizing. And and I've noticed that by doing that, things become reality. And, and um, you know, that's, I think, the power of visualization. It's also used by a lot of like Olympic athletes uh, when they're like training for, for like uh, performance and, and they'll visualize the outcome before it happens. Um, and then you, after that, it's, uh, I have my like morning shake. I used to do pre-workout. I'm taking a, a break from, uh, caffeine and I'm doing, uh, just like my carbs and, uh, essential amino acids. Then I hit the gym. It's usually either MMA or lifting, um, one hour, uh, one hour. Yeah. One hour or so come back. I call my mom on the way back, uh, you know, mom and dad <laughs> on the way back every day. And then um, I get to work. So the first portion of my work, I'll do a couple of uh, like team meetings. So I'm, I'm sure everyone's aligned and on the same page. I'll go through my Slack, empty that out. And then um, I just move into maybe a couple hours of deep work. So that's where I'll focus on one thing and get it to completion. And then the rest of the day will be shallow work, meetings, things like that. Um, and then in the afternoon, I'll do a second workout. So if uh, on days that I do MMA, I'll do, I have to lift uh, still. So I'll go do my lift. And then I go to a place where I either do uh, cryotherapy, an ice bath, uh, infrared sauna, uh, or sometimes an ox- like a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. So one of those things. And then I come back and chill, maybe watch uh, half an episode or something and pass out. 
That's that's my daily routine. Uh, so a guy like you, I mean, you're super intelligent, super smart. Uh, let's touch real quick, and then I know we'll get in the, in the meat and bones if or whatever that's called. <laughs> meat potatoes, is that what they call it? Meat potatoes? Yeah, we'll potatoes, get the meat potatoes. Yeah, I'll get the meat potatoes of like you for. But a guy like you, uh, mentorships, uh, masterminds, uh, getting somebody that you can like get on a phone with and like follow and, and, and be around. Like, what are you doing there? Uh, are you part of some good groups? How do you get into those groups? Like, what has that done for your life? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's been huge for me. I, I think I'm glad that you touched on this. Um, so what I've done is I've tried to find a, a consultant to consult me who's light years ahead in, in any area that I'm looking for. So for example, if recruiting is a big focus, I'll go and find a consultant for recruiting and, and I'll talk to them. Um, if let's say operations is a big focus, like reducing client churn, I'll go find like a client success manager of a $20 million agency. And I'll say, hey, like, I would love to pay for your time for some consulting on the side. And then, you know, that's usually how I shortcut, uh, you know, all of my problems is who's done that like 10 times better than me. And I just want to pay for their time. And usually their time is pretty cheap. Like the, the people actually doing the work, like the not the ones on stage and all of this stuff. It's the people who are really doing the work. Um, if you find probably the head of whatever in Oracle, right, or a ma massive tech company, I guarantee you they're not going to charge you more than like an 100 an hour, 150 an hour. So um, that's a, a life hack for everyone. So that's and what they're, I do. And they're probably honored. They're probably honored when somebody comes, is like, hey, they want my time. What the hell do they want yeah. my time for? Like no one ever mm -hmm. wants my time. But when mm -hmm. somebody is interested in what they do, they're more willing to be like, yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help. Yeah, I remember when, when uh, way back in the day, someone asked me, uh, like uh, this is when I was in construction or whatever. And they're like, Hey, we need, uh, you know, someone with the AutoCAD experience, blah, blah, blah. They're like, how much are you an hour? And I was like $50 and, <laughs> and, uh, they're like, okay, cool. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like I just got these people to, to, to pay me $50 an hour. That's crazy. So, um, that's, it is, it is that, you know, cause it's, you are like uh, your value in the market. And if no one is really like approaching you, then your value is whatever, you know, you're probably going to relate it back to your salary, which is not going to be that high. So that's what I do. Masterminds is something I still am yet to crack. I would love uh, to go to more masterminds, but I think uh, uh, like an, a step down from that is, is going to conferences for me. So I'm going to one in January called Agency Founders, and it's basically a conference for a bunch of agency founders. And they're all, some of them are smaller, some of them are bigger. Uh, uh, there's definitely a handful that are very, very successful. And so I go to places like this with an agenda and, and uh, I research people before I go. And then I, I like immediately ask them, I'm like, hey, man, you've done an amazing job, like, you know, with your personal brand. So what are the things are you doing? What's your action? Tell me like the step by step stuff like that. And most people are abundant and willing to share. And if you get one or two people that are not, then I'm like, like, there, like there's a, I think um, the founder of Net Elixir. Um, basically like I saw him at a conference and I'm like, Hey man, I have like a few questions and he wasn't willing to share much. So I was like, Oh, whatever, whatever, you know, it's, it's cool. Uh, like you're going to get rejected here and there. It's not a big deal. Um, so that's what I do there. And, and, uh, I do have one uh, consultant, like that's a general agency consultant. So he's in our Slack and, and, you know, I ask him questions all the time. So I think like the fastest, fastest, fastest way to growth. Um, I, I think, uh, start with consultants because if uh, like, masterminds and all that stuff you get a lot of information but it's like uh, and only an inch deep uh versus like a mile deep and i think with consultants is like you just identify what your biggest problems in the company is and then go find a consultant and then be like listen like here's my problems like fix them and then mm -hmm. they fix them you know they, they help you fix them then you and so you can very very effectively do that um, but I would love, man, like a mastermind where there's a lot of like people who are a lot better than me and I can constantly like learn. I'm just yet to find one, you know, that that's a fit for me. Yeah. Is it me or does, does the Amazon space start to, is it start to feel a little capped out? It feels like it's getting a little capped out as far as what is out there as far as new knowledge. I, I don't yeah. know, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like, uh, there's a, there's a ceiling and we're getting pretty close to that ceiling. I agree. I also think that like there is a problem with the Amazon uh, space because it's not like a, a regular like brand space where it's like you go into the space and you're like, I'm trying to build a brand. It's not like Shopify, like, uh, you know, Shopify, there is a large amount of people on Shopify who are like building brands and they're legitimate um, versus like the, the kind of 
as soon as you go into the Amazon space, everyone's hiding their products. No one wants to talk about stuff. Everyone's kind of a little bit, uh, you know, hyping themselves up, stuff like that. And so there is a lot of that, which, you know, uh, it kind of like it interferes with the ability to do, you know, what we're, we're talking about here. Um, yeah, you know, I love the Amazon space, uh, you know, but it's just maybe because it's like a small, a younger, you know, space. That's why. But when eventually all of like the big direct-to-consumer brands come on there, when everyone that's in retail comes on there, it, maybe it'll be a, a lot more mature. But as of right now, you know, it's it's kind of a lot of people are like, I'm trying to get out of my nine to five and, and uh, I want this as a side gig sort of thing. So it does come. I mean, I, I obviously I'm that person, right? I wanted to get out of my nine to five. And, and but there there does come that uh, whole stigma of like shortcuts and and, um, mm -hmm. you know, hustles and things like that. You're you're 100 percent right. I mean, there there is a fear that a lot of people have that if they talk about their product or their brand that it's going to be copied and all this other stuff and they're going to but that's not how a brand is Works. built a brand yeah. is built by awareness and you just got to be if you're the best brand out there you're going to drive all the sales i mean it's there's always competition there's a competition from everything and every aspect but i think you're right and you you fairly unique in the space i mean you were wide open about your brand uh, the whole time, but it had a, it gave awareness to your brand. That's yeah, what, yeah. that's what marketing is. You know, it's, it's get people aware of your brand and then do everything that you can. Uh, then you don't have to worry about, uh, is there a way to hack reviews or a way to do all the, you know, like those things, those things don't last long. You know, it's like, it's not a good brand building strategy to try to do this new trick. That's gray hatish, you know, that's going to move the needle a little bit temporarily. Dude, to this day, like not 80%, I would say, of like conferences have like a hack contest or like a hack thing. And I'm like, you know, maybe we are also feeding that, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. we keep talking about hacks and we're feeding hacks. For me, like with, with PPC, I always tell people like I honestly, there's like my PPC strategy. There's no magic. There's no secret. I already shared everything. It's just like relentless hard work, like every day, like monitoring things, trying things, doing things. It's just the foundations done like a million times, uh, you know, over and over and done perfectly. So it's like, and I was there. I was, trust me, I was there when my business was like, had 350 reviews and it was like four star, not four and a half star. I was looking at Facebook ads and Google ads and, and uh, driving external traffic in, in two-step URL. And then when I'm like, okay, let's take a step back. Like, how can I increase my conversion rate? Let's test some images. Let's let's get some reviews. And then when I improved my main image and I went from a four-star to four-and-a-half-star review with everything else being the same, I went from like 20K to 35K in revenue. And I'm mm -hmm. like, it's the foundations. It's people coming into the listing. You want to drive traffic and then you want to improve your conversion rate. So unless you've tapped out, Amazon's traffic for your product, which some people have if you're in a small niche. But for me, like a supplements niche, I'm doing like a, a market tracker on Helium 10 and I know what percentage of the market I own. And it, un, unless that's like 10%, which is like I would be making like, I don't know, like a million a month or something. <laughs> but, you know, unless it's that, then it's like there's room to grow. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about because, you know, you were so disciplined when you were growing your brand. I mean, you were like in the dirt. You wanted to know everything about PPC. Like you said, you mean you became like a, a, a full-time student of everything to really master it. Um, and then what, as you transitioned to uh, an owner of an agency as well, what's, what's it like? What's the difference between managing the advertising for yourself, you know, knowing, knowing your goals, knowing what you know, versus managing uh for your clients and i mean it seems like there's got to be a lot of education involved in that too because i think everyone who's in the amazon advertising space knows there's you know there's expectations and there's reality yeah uh, and and a lot of it is uh you know you know a lot of advertising spend to help grow which people don't understand a lot of times um what's the difference in in how you feel with managing yourself versus helping manage others yeah, so managing myself was a lot nicer because um, I, I I was able to move ten times faster. So there's a lot of people that that don't move uh, fast enough, I think. And and um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You I, you want to be cautious. You don't want to waste money. Uh, but I've just found a lot more success in wasting money. You know, quote unquote, wasting money because 
in the three months that someone's been thinking or planning something, I've already made done it 10 times, made 10 mistakes. And on the 11th one, I'm, I'm 10 times ahead of that person who still hasn't started. And so that's kind of been my philosophy is like failing forward. So I'm okay taking action, taking action, taking action, course correcting, taking action, course correcting, you know, 10 or 20 times and then getting there. And so that's how I, I, I uh, learned a lot of things. Now, with uh, when you when you bring the clients on, you have a lot less of of the sandbox that you can play in, right? To test different things. So, it's uh, the first thing is any anything that needs to be rolled out to clients needs to be incredibly structured and systemized. There needs to be over communication, um, which you know we never had to do that with my stuff, right? To over communicate, um, but it's also like you know uh, under explaining the full picture, right? Because a lot of people come and they, they don't really understand like the advertising. They're looking at ACOS. They're looking at things like this, which I'm like, dude, I don't I never look at ACOS. It's not even accurate. Um, so it's a lot of like, okay, where are you in, in the, you know, education uh, phase? And let me just keep giving you information and value to empower you. Uh, because at the end of the day, if I can empower you to make the right decisions, we can execute. So uh, as long as we're there and then, that sandbox is still necessary. We still have to try and make mistakes with every single brand, but it's just what can we agree on with the with the brand owner? Um, you know, if we're spending a thousand dollars a day, are you okay with two hundred dollars being blown for research purposes? But trust me, if we blow that two thousand that two hundred dollars enough times, we're gonna find stuff that's gonna really work. And so I think it's it's just a combination of those things. and and um, But everything really uh, has to be a very, very structured because when it's rolled out to everyone uh, and I'm now realizing, you know, corporate, right? It's like you want to move the ship. Well, you can't just move it. It's like you have to have a very strong, tight standard. Every, the, the leaders need to buy in and then they need to bring it down and then you need to have someone following up, make sure everything happens. And we're only like close to 50 employees. So... I can imagine like when you're like a thousand employees, like how difficult rolling things out is. So it's been, you know, interesting, but I think I'm still, uh, you know, keeping every. So one thing I've, I've done is instead of saying like, hey, guys, you're your PPC managers. I've said, hey, you're the brand owner now. Like this person's coming to you and he's handing you his brand. Like if inventory is low. You, you you know before he does if if, the, if there's like something if if he got two negative reviews you know before he does and you already highlight hey uh, maybe in your next batch tell your manufacturer to add like some extra wrap or something um just you know everything if if you read on the news that uh, you know container speeds went from you know uh, four weeks to six weeks you message him immediately and you're like hey man you, you know, get a shipment out. Like if you don't have money, we have a, a, someone who can help fund your inventory. So that's kind of like when I build people like that, like to manage, then it's like, that's like the level of, of, of uh, energy and, and like uh, expertise you need, you know, for other people to succeed because they're coming to you and they're really depending on you on the advertising. So you need to do it for them effectively. Um, also empower them and, and to learn and understand what's going on so they can become a better uh, CEO and, and brand owner. But also at the end of the day, it, it, you're not going to, it's it's full accountability. It's not like, well, you know, I, I created the campaigns, like they didn't work. It's like, <laughs> no, I created the campaigns. We got impressions. It didn't get clicks because your click-through rate is low. Here's five recommendations on how you can improve your click-through rate. So that's kind of the, it's like just having a much higher standard. I like how you give you give authority and you give empowerment to your your brand managers. Be like, hey, this is you. This is on you. Like you're managing this, and it kind of empowers them and like feels like them. Maybe it makes them feel more involved as part of the team. They're you know their reputations on the line. They're gonna you know if somebody calls you up and says, hey, so and so was great. That you know, maybe you acknowledge that and talk to them about it. Like it really empowers them. So we're we're a little bit past Cyber Monday. Yesterday was Monday. Yeah. Uh, we had Black Friday, and so sorry about it. What are you seeing? I'm, it might be too early, you know, with, with all the results yet. But like, wh what's going on? How you how do the ads look this year? What's ad spend look like compared to years past? You know, is there any good data that you have so far? Um, yeah, a few things. Um, it seems like Prime Day outperformed uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Maybe if you combine uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday together, like the whole period, it could be better than a Prime Day. Uh, but it, it's better than 2021 uh, it, it, from what we've seen. 
which is like, okay, are we heading in a recession or not? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, I thought we were, yeah, but, but uh, prime day, I would say is, is, uh, is still much stronger and, and performing better. So I'm, I'm curious as to why one of my uh, guesses is maybe because Amazon understands that black Friday, cyber Monday is more of like a retail um, event. And so their marketing dollars are probably uh, better saved for, Prime days, which they know they're the only ones versus like they're competing with, you know, all of the, the TVs and the radios are saying, you know, we have this discounted, you know, Sears or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So th I think that's uh, one thing. I'm not seeing any major changes in like cost uh, of advertising. So cost of advertising is, is remaining uh, pretty stable. There was a, an attribution delay this Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So we're seeing like the results don't show up clearly. Um, and then we are seeing, uh, like less overspending than we expected. So I expected if I was spending a thousand dollars a day, black Friday, Cyber Monday hits, you're now spending $3,000. Right. And, and, but now we're seeing it's, it's actually not true. Uh, we're only spending 1500 or 1800. So I'm surprised. And this is not across everyone. This is across like, you know, maybe half. Um, and so I'm, I'm surprised is what happened to the window shopping? Like are people, uh, going now to Black Friday, Cyber Monday with more intent. So that that's mm -hmm. kind of been, um, you know, something. But again, like there is really not much con uh, conclusive data other than we know that there the the week before Black Friday, Cyber Monday, people were waiting and, and uh, we saw like your sales would be like this. And then uh, the week before they're like this. And then the five days up, they were like this. And, and then we, I don't know, today's Tuesday. So we'll see what happens after that. They're probably going to stabilize within like three days. But that's kind of the general trend. And it's the exact same trend that I see with Prime Day, which is the week before, there's going to be bad results. Um, and then the day of, it's going to skyrocket and it's going to make up for it. And so the advice I always give is make sure you have a, a tight grip on your PPC spend because you don't want to you know, make a lot of sales, but also spend so much money, like spend $2,000 more and all of that amazing profit that you would have made uh, gone down the drain in, in advertising spend, which has happened to me personally many times. Your Q4 preparation probably started months ago yeah. as far as working with your clients and all that. Uh, what are some things you did back then to prepare for like the Super Bowl of Amazon advertising? Like what were you guys doing, you know, to get your structures right, to get your listings right? What are some of those things? Yeah. Um, so 60 days out is, is the best time to start doing some split testing of the like main image. Um, if you have any you know, pull on reviews. If you have, you know, friends and family, whatever people that you can potentially get reviews, now is the time. If you're a 4.2, you know, try and uh, hit a 4.3. But, you know, if, I know a lot of people don't have control over the reviews. So it's, it, it, that's the biggest time for us to split test, uh, you know, different parts of the listing. The main image, uh, the second and third uh, images are also very important. Uh, we make sure like we optimize our SEO we also increase our price and, and uh, knowing that people are expecting a deal. We do, I mean, you know, dollar $2 increase in price. Um, the, the thing is when we do that and we, when we cut down our, our uh, price again, it says lowest price in 30 days, like the, the scratched off lowest price. So we do that. We raise the price and, and 60 days out, we really start to increase spending. So if you're spending on average, like a thousand dollars a day, I would bring it to 1500 with focus on uh, like a group of root keywords. So if there's, you know, three or four or five main keywords that generate a lot of search volume and they all like have the same kind of root, like electrolyte powder, electrolyte supplement, like the keyword electrolyte, I'll like overspend a little bit on those keywords, maybe operate more of like a hundred percent ACOS or something on those keywords leading up to the seven days prior to uh, Prime Day or Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And then during that time, I'll slowly taper it down and, and uh, right before that day, I will bring things down, let the organic uh, take over and, and drive most of the traffic versus the paid ads um, and like really cap, uh, you know, cap the advertising. So it's it's hard to cap it. So we'll we'll check in, we'll lower things like by 30 percent, lower bids by 30 percent on, on the main big spenders um, in anticipation that, you know, you're going to spend 30 to 50 percent more on those days. And, and when we do that, we usually see that there's a drop in the ad spend on that day. There's an increase in sales, almost like, you know, double. Some people perform crazy. Like we had a guy that usually, I don't know, he does like maybe 8 to 10K a day. He did 135K in one day, in, in Cyber Monday. So 
but it's an expensive product. It was like a I think $200 product that people were probably waiting for Black Friday, Cyber Monday to get a deal on. Um, we, we definitely utilize Prime exclusive uh, deals um, for, for any Prime Day or Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And we've seen that to perform really, really well. Um, so those are kind of the things that we're doing uh, in, in preparation. And as long as we um, increase our organic rank, have the best image, the best main image out there, have the deals, uh, don't overspend on the day, we should be fine. What are you doing right now? Like as, as ads are running, what's like the daily monitoring looking like? Cause you know, you don't want to do too much tinkering around yeah. you know, with ads right now. What do you, what do you just, what's your daily monitor looking like? Uh, like daily monitor now, like on Tuesday? Yeah. Like today, like, you know, a brand manager gets into their account. What are they, what are they really like? They're not really pulling that many levers cause they don't want to mess too much up cause it's already set up, yeah. but what are they watching? So we've downloaded the bulk sheet uh, like before lowering the bids. So we, we what we do is the day after, right? Once Black Friday, Summer Monday is, is done, we re-upload the old one with the old values. So it brings everything back. And then the team has already benchmarked how much spend uh, needs to take place by like a certain hour. So let's say by 11 a.m., they know that total sales are usually at this amount and then total spend or PPC spend is at this amount based on campaign manager, which who knows how accurate that is. Um, if they know, if they feel like we're not, you know, we're not spending fast enough, they'll increase the top spenders, uh, you know, maybe 10 or 15% because we'd rather overspend a little bit on Tuesday and catch up when everyone's, you know, maybe dropping their budgets or whatever. Um, so, because we really, you know, we want to take advantage of like the, the momentum that we have and, if we have like a lot of sales because of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then on Tuesday, we don't compensate by having higher ad spend to, to continue to have more sales. Amazon will notice that dip and, and um, you know, we've, we, like we have to fight back to get back to where we were. So it's really just a timing thing of like, let's upload the old bids. And if we're not pacing at the right amount in ad spend, you know, during the day, increase the top spenders and, you know, top spenders slash sales drive, not the stuff that's like not profitable, but increase the top ones. So, you know, you can maybe overspend a little bit on Tuesday and then course correct on Wednesday. You recently made a video uh, talking about low bids, but just adjusting the placements of the, of the campaign or the keywords. Talk about what that, what that means. Like you talk about low bids and then you were saying, something about just adjusting the placements, you might as well just keep the placements. Uh, instead of tinkering with the bids, you're tinkering with, uh, with the placements of the campaign. Yeah, yeah. So first I want to, there's like a myth, right? It used to work back in the day where you would set your bids to like, let's say 30 cents and then have like a 500% uh, top of search bid by placement, which means that, you know, 30 times five, $1.50 for you to show up in the top of the search. So what that did used to do in the past is it used to show you only in the top of the search. This works if you are a product that performs really well in the top of the search and you go into the placement. So you go into your campaigns, click on the campaign on the left side, you click on placement and you look at the data and it says on the top of the search, your click-through rate was better, your ROAS was better. You had more sales, uh, you know, versus the product pages and rest of the search. And now what I'm seeing is you can't really do that as much. Like, um, so if you have like a 30 cent bid, a 500% bid by, uh, by placement, someone else has the opposite, like a 50 cent bid, 300% bid by placement. The higher bid is what we're seeing wins. I don't know why. And this is not like a rule. This is just kind of anecdotal what I'm seeing, uh, happening. So, you know, what I'm basically saying is if you go in there and you're noticing that you have a, a, a certain campaign that is performing better at, at the top of search first page or product pages. Um, but it's not performing that well in like rest of search or, you know, in the other placement, basically, instead of increasing the bids, which will show you more across the board, you can increase the, the bid by placement, which means to show you more if, or, or, you know, you can win more of that top of search because you, you have a bigger bid only for that position. So if you have a dollar bid, and then you, a dollar bid, you're going to be shown a certain amount of times in the top of the search and the rest of the search. But if you have a 50% bid by placement, you're going to be shown that much more in the top of the search because you're now competing with a dollar fifty bid for top of the search, but a, a dollar for the rest of the search. This is crazy. This is why Amazon ads like there's so many different levers, and 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 the three of us could have all different strategies, and mm -hmm. we could be doing three different things, 
but yeah. maybe it works for one person. It doesn't work for another. Like it just, there's so much moving parts in this that Dude, one strategy cannot, could be anybody else's strategy. Let's, let's, let's uh, pause there. I'm so glad that you mentioned this. So you said this, you said we can all have different strategies and, and it can, you know, it could work for me, not work for you, you, whatever it worked for you, not work for me. So what does that mean? Right? There's only one thing to do is that you have to become like a scientist and you have to get a logbook and you have to say, okay, here's all of the different levers possible that we can pull on my account. And, and so we manage like over 70 brands at, at the moment and every single one of them is different. Like, like top of search works on this one. It didn't work on that one. Launching a single keyword campaign for, you know, ranking worked on this one. It didn't work for that one. And so since we have that much of like, it could work for me, not could work, could not work for you. We have to take a step back and say, okay, here's all of the, the different tools and different levers that we can pull. Let's get a logbook and I'm going to try one, one at a time and I'm going to document. And, and that's like, the true way to, to succeed with PPC. There's not a strategy that I'm mentioning today. There is not, it's like, okay, here's a list of everything possible, like down to the foundational launch a campaign. That's one thing. Increase a bid. That's another thing. Lower a bid. That's another thing. And then you just document your actions on your product. You change one at a time. You have really good visibility because you're seeing your ad spend and your total sales. You're not just looking at my PPC spend, my PPC sales. No, you're looking at my ad spend, my number of sessions, like the amount of people that came into the listing, which is what the PPC is supposed to be doing, is just bringing people to the listing, not not just converting them because that's the conversion side of things. So you're you're monitoring the ad spend, you're monitoring the sessions, you're monitoring you know the sales, uh, you're looking at conversion rate, or are the sales less because of the conversion rate or because of the PPC, and so on. You're monitoring your profits, uh, and then you're making decisions like okay. This week, I increased the bids on everything that's a 1% to 20% ACOS, you know, in my bulk sheets. What happened? You go, you look at your analytics, your PPC spend went up by 20%, uh, your conversion rate stayed the same, your total sales went up by 13%, whatever, uh, your sessions went up by 20%. So you're like, okay, perfect. I understood now how this action plays a, a part in, in my product, with my individual product. And the, the thing that people are going to hate hearing is it's even at a product level. And so mm -hmm. I, I, I tell all my, my people, I'm like, listen, you guys know the tools, try them out and see what sticks. If whatever sticks for each product, keep it. And, and so we could have this one product that we're blowing money on and, and we're operating at a 75% ECOS, but it's making so much money. And this other one where we're, we're doing the same and it's just hemorrhaging us money. So it's like, okay, we need a different, and there's two products in, in the same, um, you know, same brand and same everything. And so that's kind of the, 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 the truth and why, you know, there's so much mystical magic out there about PPC is because, you know, no one wants to face the reality. It's, there's yeah. just the foundations and you have to do them and it, they're really hard because it's a lot of like tedious work. I love this part. And I know in your dead, right. That people might hate to hear that. Yeah. You know, but you're you're the reality is, is you're dealing with human beings who are purchasing products and there's a there's an impact and there are other choices out there. And there's nothing there's no like set. What I like that you said is there's no set thing. I mean, you could hear some guru talk about this should be your campaign structure. You should do all single keyword campaigns or single target campaigns or you should do this, whatever it is. Yeah, you're right. Iman's right. You are a wealth of knowledge, Mina. You got a comment coming. Yeah. Um, but it, the other thing is, is like you mentioned before, it's not just PPC levers. It's not. I mean, that's that it's is half. That's a part of it. I mean, it could be price point. It could be your images. It could be the the way you're presenting your product. You're maybe you're targeting the wrong audience with your with your SEO and your listing. I mean, there's so many things, and that's why. This is what something Chris and I talk about all the time. This is what's fun for us is it's a it is a game and it's where your engineering mind comes in. We've got all the data. It's all there to look at. And you just got to keep pivoting and changing and you may nail it and the market may shift next month and you're going to yeah. have to pivot again. Just totally. 100%. And 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 uh, I'm glad you also mentioned conversion rate because the same amount of energy you put in your in your traffic to bring people to the listing through PPC is the exact same amount of energy 
you should be and this is one thing i neglected I'll, I'll be the first to say i neglected this so much um you know i made a listing and it looked nice and i'm like okay perfect the listing's done now ppc 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 but it's like but what if the, i left the ppc alone for like a week i did some you know went went on whatever pick food product opinion split tested some some uh, images found a better main image right so it, it performed better than my old one it performed better than my competitors i went to manage my experiments i let it run it performs better significantly and then i run that and with all ppc things staying the same i'm now generating more sales with with the exact same campaign structure because more more people are likely to click on my listing or what if i go and and i notice you know a lot of people a lot of the keywords like have sugar free in them and i'm like man i don't highlight that i'm sugar free enough the, the second image or, you know, the first image will have the word sugar-free. Like in my label, I just zoom zoom the word sugar-free more. Like no one's going to notice the difference between the label and the, the actual container. And next thing you know, you're converting 10% more for the exact same PPC. Nothing changed. Your revenue went from, you know, 3,000 to 4,000 just because, you know, of those things. So it's it's the both of those things. And I mean, it's, it's tough. You know why? Because you need to be... Every day in in that you need to be a scientist, which requires patience. Of like, I'm gonna change one variable at a time. I'm not gonna tinker, even though I see this campaign that's going crazy. I have to be like, listen, like let's. We decided that we're gonna do this thing, so we're gonna stick to that thing. And then you also have to hire a designer that's constantly giving you new images. You're breaking down the listing. And for the people that are like overwhelmed with like, okay, where do I even start with my listing? This is something that I started implementing that it makes life so easy. Um, take your listing and then take your top two competitors and then make a checklist. Like that, like do like a print of, of each of their pages and like print them out and, and look at them side by side. And you'll see, okay, my title, this guy's title, this guy's title, my bullets, this guy's bullets. He has a coupon. I don't have a coupon. His price, my price. And you can just go in and, and, these are all factors. I'm not saying change them. I'm saying change one of them at a time. Look at your click-through rate conversion rates, uh, how they, they're affected. And, and um, you know, look at the impact in sales. If the, your PPC spend is the same and you changed one thing, you added a 5% coupon, which all of a sudden now you're getting a lot more people coming into the listing and converting, then perfect. You keep that on and you move on to the next thing. So that's kind of our system, really. It's, it, it's like a, it's a, it's like not, not a, a cool hacky system. It's a very like foundational system. Yeah. It's a paying attention system. Yeah. That's what it is. And it's testing. And yeah, I mean, the other thing a lot of, you know, people don't want to hear is that you, guess what you're, you're can lower your ACOS by changing your main image. You know, it's like, that's part, that's, Part of the marketing. I mean, you're the marketing is not just PPC. It's the whole presentation of everything, and, and I love it. You got to test everything else out. Um, well, I, I know we've been talking for a while, but it, what other what other things are you you know in terms, especially like prep for Q4 and trying to dominate? Like, what are if you're trying to dominate uh, Q4 or your niche in general? What, any other things that you guys are looking at, or any other tactics that you're you're employing? Yeah, uh, really paying attention to uh, organic rank. I think that's that's been a, a huge. Uh, so I'm seeing like a huge shift in uh, in Amazon, like with a lot more focus and attention uh, to organic ranking. And search find by no longer works that effective. I, it still works. You just have to be very very smart about it. So you can't just go with any partner. Like there's a very few partners that I would recommend where you have to pick a certain keyword you have to make it look supernatural and you have to hold it so search find buys is, is no longer i'm going to increase my my uh, you know keyword sales for uh, 10 days 12 days hold it and then it go down and everything will be nice it's more like you know let's do seven giveaways a day and it's going to cost you on average like $300 a day forever <laughs> and let's see what the increase in revenue is and if you do that and you notice because it's a big keyword your $300 a day results in, you know, uh, an additional $700 a day in sales. There you go. And then over time, you know, uh, the other keywords that are related uh, are also going to convert. So that's one thing I, I wanted to touch on. The other thing is if you don't have data dive, I think data dive is a phenomenal tool. Uh, I use that a lot. I go in and I, I look at my top competitors, me, um, and then I see all of the keywords. I'll, I'll kind of do like a filter and just show all of the keywords where I'm not doing well on and try and group them 
by like uh, similarity. So like if there's a bunch of keywords that are similar, uh, I'll try and group them together and then I'll, I'll try and create specific campaigns to really boost that entire group. And, and so I'll do no more than five at a time so that we're, we're tracking everything. I have a spreadsheet. It, it tracks daily uh, ad spend per keyword, rank per keyword across the five different keywords. And I, I like to see like a synergy that all five of them are, are all improving rank together. And we and that really uh, is synergistic. And I think the if you're looking and, and seeing that your uh, you know PPC to organic kind of ratio or whatever, uh, it's not the most accurate. But if you're like at eighty five percent PPC, there's something there that you should look into. Uh, and a lot of times it could be your click through rate. A lot of times it could be your conversion rate. Uh, it could be you need to improve your SEO, or you maybe never really invested enough into into scaling. Uh, your ads, so your organic rank never improved. So that's another thing I want to touch on. And then the final thing is the search query report. That's been a huge, you know, eye-opening thing. It's data straight from Amazon, and it tells you at what keywords you're converting really well on, but don't have uh, a lot of impressions on, and what keywords you have a lot of impressions on, but not really converting well on. And this is kind of like it's right there for you. If you're converting, if you have a very high click share, oh, sorry, if you have a very high buy share, buyer share, and a low impression share, spend more money and add that keyword, uh, you know, somewhere, your title, bullet points, whatever, uh, in your SEO and spend more money on that keyword and see what happens. Because it's telling you that a big percentage of those people that do see you and do click on you are converting. And then vice versa, if I'm getting a lot of impressions, uh, but, but it's not converting, what if I you know, what's going on? What's that keyword? Um, and you can find like two or three that are like, you know, big keywords that you're getting a lot of impression share on, but very low purchase share. And it could be that there's something in there that is turning people off. Change your second image, add some questions that answer like sugar-free, you know, sugar-free electrolyte powder. I have a lot of impressions, uh, a low conversion share. Great. I'm going to highlight in, in everywhere I can that I am a sugar-free electrolyte powder. So people know. So it's going to be in the second image when people ask how much sugar, you know, questions. I'm going to I'm going to ask that question myself as a buyer and I'm going to answer it as a seller. There is zero sugar here. There is no sugar. Uh, put it in like the enhanced brand content, whatever, and then monitor and see what happens. And um, so those are like a few things, you know, you can you can implement very, very easily and very quickly and improve your sales. You should be a motivational speaker. Like I just get motivated <laughs> talking to you. Like I'm yeah. ready like to jump through this wall here and like get some stuff done. But I, I know you got things that I don't, I don't think Amazon is going to be like the final thing you do. So like, what is, what is something that you got a goal set? You know, what is something that you're looking forward to in the future? Where are we going to see Mina in like five, 10 years? Like what, what's the big goal here, man? What else you got going on? Dude, honestly, uh, uh, just the agency. And uh, the reason is, I I um I made the mistake of uh, of losing focus of doing like this the brand and this and the consulting and all of this stuff and um I never like when I when I said you know I'm just gonna say no to everything and focus on one thing and one thing only which is you know why I love to tell people you know stop worrying about Facebook ads and external and influencer marketing all this stuff Agreed. you still have like a, a a gold mine in front of you so I'm I'm trying to stay super focused and and you know reach my maximum absolute limit you know best in the world at what I'm doing and then from there you know I'll I'll figure it out um along the way I would love something that uh, you know I've been talking to my team about is I would love for them to launch their own brands um and and be involved in and and um like I'll fund half of it and then they'll fund half of it and so they're now equity owners in, in that business. Um, and, and they can, you know, kind of see the entire process of, okay, wh why are we going to create uh, this product? Uh, is it validated in the market and so on and go through the, the sourcing inspection, all this stuff. So they really, really, you know, as a person understand what it's like to own a brand. Um, so that's, that's going to be a cool, exciting thing, uh, you know, we're doing, but other than that, man, I'm just trying to stay focused and, and be the best at what I do. I love that though. I love the fact that you're encouraging your team to to start their own brands. I mean, I, I know speaking from our experience, that's what we really intrigued us about Solozo is they they appreciated the fact that Chris and I are both sellers because yeah. we can have conversations like this. It's not just PPC. It's it's everything uh, all together. But um, yeah, so that's fantastic. And 
Chris, you mentioned motivational uh, speaking. I, Mina, you inspired me. I'm going to go uh, take the pizza that I have in the oven and throw it away and work out instead. <laughs> That's it, man. Starts with small changes. Yeah. Uh, it's like I, you're talking and you're like, oh, I'm working out and eating healthy. I'm like, I've got a pizza in the oven right now and I haven't worked out today. So you you inspired me. I'm going to go <laughs> go do that. You, you know, what? one one of my biggest hacks was uh, I bought like a I don't know if you guys have this, but I bought a gas grill and and uh, Trader Joe's has this like uh, seasoned chicken thighs. And, and um, a lot of people think like they have to eat chicken breast, but I'm like, you can eat chicken thighs and it's the exact same thing. It's just going to you're going to have to taper down your fat from like other sources. Um, but I would like get that chicken and grill it and make it with like basmati rice. And I put like some spices in the in the rice. And it was the best meal ever, man. I could eat that meal every day. So See, my problem I, mean, was I would add I would add cheese. I would put all the sauces on it. I would, oh, yeah. I would make it even worse. <laughs> no, no, you don't need it, man. It's so good. It's so delicious. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Mina, that this has been fun. And you're uh you're giving it free audits, right? People that are yes. interested in what you're, what you're talking about, tell them how they can get a free audit with you. Yeah. So go, go to the website, uh, triviumco.com, T-R-I-V-I-U-M-C-O.com. Uh, you'll see, it says like, get a free audit. Basically what it is, it's like a 30 minute video where someone on the team will go in and walk through everything in your account, uh, your portfolio structure, your campaign names, your budgets inside the campaign, you, you know, the number of ad groups, your placements, um, you know, inside the ad groups, number of keywords, uh, you know, any, any like issues with structuring, uh, sponsored brand versus, uh, you know, display versus product. They'll go into the search term report, identify any of the keywords that you should be capitalizing on or that are hurting you. Um, all of that. And, you know, look at your organic ranking for keywords, identify which ones. So it's like a 30, 40 minute video. It's really, I mean, it's free and, and it's really, really a lot of value. And it's, it's uh, you know, one way we give back is, is uh, you know, if you want to work with us, we sell the execution. If you don't, you know, I'm, I, I would love to leave the industry, uh, you know, in a better way than I found it. And when I found it, man, there, there was zero PPC information out there. <laughs> That's true. Well, everyone go check that out if you're interested. Uh, we've got the website scrolling at the bottom here if you're watching. And that'll also be in the uh, in the description in the show notes uh, as well. Mina, it is always a pleasure love the energy um we'll we'll stay in touch obviously and we'll we'll keep you back on as a recurring guest but we Let's really do appreciate it. it awesome man i love it man well thanks mina and thanks everyone for tuning in and uh we'll be back at this uh again next time on the next episode so have a great day thanks everybody see ya